Welcome back to Letters to Women, a podcast where we explore and embrace what it means to live out the feminine genius in our ordinary daily lives as Catholic women. As I'm recording this, it's 9 p.m. on a Wednesday night and Maeve is in the room next to me asleep, finally, after a long day of nap strikes and a long night of her getting up in the middle of the night and yeah, friends, I'm worn out. And an empty nest seems so far off right now. But I know that I'll blink and Joseph and I will be parents to a teenager. What happens to our hearts as women as our kids grow up and begin to lead lives of their own? How can we absorb the mixed emotions of anxiety and excitement, of grief and hope that come along with our kids growing up? Whether you're a mom who's watching her nest empty, or you too are in the trenches with littles and an empty nest seems like a distant, vague idea somewhere there in the future, I know that you're going to love soaking up Danielle Bean's wisdom and joy in this episode. If you're desiring to lean into God during all the sacred seasons of motherhood, then sister, this letter is for you. Hey, we're welcoming back to Letters to Women, Danielle Bean. She is the brand manager at CatholicMom.com, which is an apostolate of Holy Cross Family Ministries. She's a Catholic podcaster and the co-host of The Gist over on Catholic TV. And she also served as a publisher and editor-in-chief over at Catholic Digest. She is the author of several books, which are phenomenal, including Small Steps for Catholic Moms and You Are Enough. She's been on the podcast a couple of times. I love having conversations with her. Danielle, welcome back to Letters to Women. It's so good to have you back on. Thanks for having me again. I feel like a regular. I like this. <laughs> yes, yes. We always have such beautiful conversations. And so when I see you have a couple new books coming out or, or different things, I just, I love sending you an email and, and welcoming you back. It's so good. Yeah, it's great. I always love a chance to talk with you. Oh, you're so kind. So you've been on the podcast a couple of times, but if someone's listening and this is the first time they've encountered you either on Letters to Women or haven't heard your story, can you tell us a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman and what life has looked like since we chatted the last time? I think we had a chat was right before Maeve was born last spring. Yes, I think you were like, it was imminent. You were just like (laughs) scrambling to do a bunch of podcasts. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, yeah. Um, So, yeah, since last spring. Well, so if people don't know me, um, Danielle Bean, I live in New Hampshire with my husband. We've been married 25 years. Together we have eight children, ranging in age from 13 to 25. It's her birthday today, my 25-year-old. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, my birthday as a mom, right? So very (laughs) appropriate time for us to be chatting about motherhood. And, you know, I've I've done a number of different things professionally through the years, but none – Nothing more important than, you know, raising my family, nurturing my marriage. Those things have always been, first and foremost, the vocation that I've been focused on. Um, And I've always worked exclusively from home through the years, and my current work is with CatholicMom.com. So I'm I'm happy there. I found a happy home there at this stage in my life where I'm working full-time from home on that ministry, connecting women from all walks of life about the vocation of motherhood. So... Um, but my most recent book is Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood, where it's very much um, personal sharing about the stage of life that I'm finding myself in now, which is so very different from where you are, Chloe, and where other young moms are. But I remember so vividly being in your shoes because I feel like I was just there. So really, this book is a reflection on 
how my perspective on the world has changed and uh, my perspective on motherhood has changed through the years and that it's an ongoing process. Your youngest at 13, it's it's like a completely different season where there's no little littles and, and people are right. growing more independent. I was We were laughing before the podcast where it's like, that seems so far away right now when I have a 10-month-old. And right. it's just really beautiful. I think what a lot of young moms are desiring, especially if they're transplants, like if their moms aren't here uh, where they've settled with their family, just this to learn from moms who are in the season that you're in and to know, okay, like what, what's coming up next, but also to hear from wisdom that you've had in the little years, um, when kids are mm-hmm. super little, how to just enjoy it and soak in the moment. So I, I, this book is beautiful and so good. I've loved it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It really was close to my heart. You know, that this kind of personal sharing is, it's how I got started writing in the first place. I was writing, you know, personal essays on family life for the national Catholic register. My first book was along those lines and um, I kind of moved away from it for a while. Professionally, I was doing different kinds of books, and um, as much as I've enjoyed doing that kind of work, this really felt like a coming home to me, that coming back to my roots as a writer, that this is the kind of sharing I feel that God has really put on my heart to do that truly is important for women. Sometimes you just want to know, first of all, that somebody else has struggled in the same ways that you have. That can be so encouraging just to know, even if they don't offer any particularly practical advice for you. It's just nice to know you're not alone in the struggle, but then also to see hope. I always loved, too, hearing from women who are just a little bit further along on this journey than I was and seeing, oh, I can get through this. There is a light at the end of this tunnel, and um, there are good things for me to look forward to in the years ahead. Yeah, when I was reading through this new book, I it just has reminded me a lot of digging through your archives of your blog and seeing seeing life in a different, being able to see that personal side, which is just absolutely beautiful. And that vulnerability is so encouraging, but. Oh, thank you. You're in this season where your kids are growing up, they're going off to college, they're becoming adults, they're leaving the house, they're moving away and it's different. So for, just to kind mm-hmm. of lay the foundation for our conversation, can you tell me about some of the highs and lows? What are the joys that you're experiencing in this season and maybe some unexpected challenges right. that you're seeing as your kids leave home? Yeah, I mean, you know, part of the challenge, I'll start with the challenges, we'll end with the joys. Um, so the challenge, of course, is that it's so darn hard to let go of, uh, first of all, you know, we, we're losing a sense of control, which, you know, was, uh, was fake anyway, right? We're not really in control. God is in control. But when all of your kids are under your roof, um, it's, it can be easy to feel like you've got some measure of control. Life is manageable, and they're under your control to some extent. But as they grow up and they're becoming independent people and they're going off to college, starting work, some of my kids are married, um, I'm finding that that's the real challenge for me is letting go of that sense of control, truly trusting in God, placing my grown-up and growing-up children in God's hands truly one of the greatest challenges of my life. And I realize as I'm doing it now in these really obvious ways, I've been doing it in little ways all along. You know, it's kind of been a practice, like letting your kid get on a school bus, letting your kid go go to a friend's house where you're not there, letting your kid have a boyfriend or girlfriend or handing them the keys to the car, like all of these things are little letting goes that happen along the way. But then when you reach the big one, it's no longer are you able to deny that you've never had control in the first place. And you need to kind of be placing them in God's hands. So that is an ongoing challenge for sure. Um, Also challenging is sort of the sense of my own identity, because so much of my identity has been wrapped up in these little people that I've been raising up, hopefully for good. And Um, It can be hard when then it shifts and changes. Like, in in a lot of ways, Chloe, I feel like 
I'm just figuring this out, and now nobody needs me to do it anymore. I mean, how, how, you know, like, it's wait, come one back. of the great ironies, right? I like, I'm finally getting good at this thing, and now nobody wants me to be doing it. Um, so, figuring out what that means for this this stage of motherhood, how God's calling me to be a mother whatever that looks like to the people he's placed in my life. And it's not, I'm, I'm sure, always going to be with my own children. You know, he's calling me to mother other people that he's placing in my life. So those are for sure some of the challenges. What about the joys? Tell me about the highs. What have you loved of this season? Yeah, I mean, so one of the things that really stands out to me is that it truly is a joy to watch your children become the people that God intends for them to be. And that doesn't mean it all works out perfectly. And it doesn't mean we don't stumble along the way. They don't mess up and do things I'd rather they never did. But it does mean that it's it's actually a beautiful thing to watch God's plan unfold in ways that you never could have imagined. God gives my kids graces. He gives them blessings. He gives them opportunities and talents that are so far beyond my own experience. And what a beautiful thing that is to watch that happen in the course of family life, it's exponential. It feels like exponential grace, exponential joy to be able to watch that and to, when we do, you know, let go and let God take over in our children's lives, that wonderful things come from that, that they're meant to be a blessing to the world. So what a joy to be able to watch them do that. Um, And on a much more personal level, it's been a joy for me in a lot of ways to explore new parts of myself, new parts of things that I might want to do, to dive deep into nurturing my marriage of 25 years and reconnect with my husband in new ways. So funny, about two weeks ago, um, no, it's probably three weeks ago now, uh, there was one afternoon where Dan and I all of a sudden realized we were alone in the house and that it was going to be like that for like the next nine or 10 hours, like into the late evening. And we were like, what on earth? Like, <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> we were just... You know, and uh, homeschooling eight kids and me working from home, like, this is a rare moment, okay? (laughs) And so we just laughed and laughed. I was like, after 25 years, we are finally alone. Like, imagine that. And and it was so, I mean, it was a little bit funny, and, like, my husband tends to get a little bit sad about things like that. But then we we just enjoyed it. We had a blast. We watched a movie. We made dinner. We had a special dessert. And... It was so fun to do that. And just, you know, reflecting on that afterwards, I thought, these are the kinds of moments that God has planned for me in this season in my life right now. And I don't want to miss it because I'm too busy looking back and crying over what isn't anymore. Yeah, yeah, that surrender of what what is to come too. Okay, Lord, I know you have good things in store, but yeah, how often is it easy to look back and say, but but it was so good back then. It was so good. Why didn't I enjoy it more? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's the challenge, right? Because it was so good. And enjoying what's going on right now that's different isn't a denial of that. And it's important to allow ourselves to feel the loss because it is a beautiful thing. Our our young family life, I was not perfect in any way, shape, or form, but it was a beautiful thing. And I'm so grateful for the time that we had together when we were a young family, for that stage of my motherhood, that stage of our marriage, that stage of our family life. I'm so grateful for that. And so it is okay to feel that loss. It's okay to feel sad about it. But it's also important to not miss what blessing God means for you to be enjoying right now, the person he's calling you to be right now. That's a very different thing. And there's such a freedom in being able to experience multiple emotions at once. It's not like you just have to stay in the season of, oh, I'm mourning what I had. I didn't, maybe I didn't appreciate it or I didn't, I wasn't present in the moment or I didn't do everything like I wanted to do it. And then 
right? But, but you can also be joyful for the present and be hopeful for what's to come at the same time. That's really freeing instead of being, it's not just a, you don't have to exist within a vacuum of one emotion in right. a season. Yeah. So important. And it's so important to, to let yourself feel the feelings. Yes. You know, my, my son, my oldest son makes fun of me for what I, what I share in my, my girlfriend's podcast because he'll be like, oh, you're going to go tell all the ladies to feel all their feelings again. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I am. I am. That is exactly you know what, what I'm going to do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because you know what? It's important. Sometimes we almost need permission mm-hmm. to feel our feelings, whether it's we're feeling sad and like we're feeling bad because we're feeling sad. We don't want to admit that this is a sad thing for us because what a joyful thing it is if our child graduates high school or graduates college or gets married or starts working full time. What a wonderful thing, right? But it's okay to admit that you're sad. And then on the other side, sometimes we struggle and we don't want to admit like, hey, this is actually pretty awesome that I have extra time and energy. I can dive deeper in my prayer life. I can spend more time on my work. I can enjoy some things in my life more. I can finally clean my floors. You know, whatever it is that you're enjoying, it's okay to enjoy it. And, you know, and it's so funny because in the book I shared that when um, a bunch of my kids left at once, it was kind of a shock to my system here. Um, at the end of a summer, half my kids left, mm. you know, and it was like, what on earth just happened? Um, but I really, I really made the most of that season. And I overheard my daughter telling her, her sister at college, mom's doing pretty great. And I almost felt guilty. Like, oh, I was doing great, but I almost felt like, should I be doing great? Shouldn't I be struggling more? Did I not, do I not care? You know, and yet this is what we do to ourselves. We need to allow ourselves to fully embrace all of the different feelings. And yep, some of them are contradictory and that's okay. That's part of the process. I really like how you mentioned um, in the beginning, how it's been a series of letting go. You've been letting go your kids as they grow up and realizing that you can't, you don't control them, that they're gifts and, and you have to surrender them back to God. I love too how you've mentioned your marriage with Dan and how this moment of like, oh, wow, for the first time in 25 years, we're alone. How has that <laughs> for you guys, for your marriage, has it been like a series of steps as, as your relationship with Dan and that your connection in your marriage and your identity as wife and husband been something that you've had to be really intentional about protecting in seasons with little littles and eight kids and homeschooling? And how has that been where you get to the season where it's we, we're alone, we're by ourselves again for the first time in 25 years. What does that process look like for you guys? Right. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm actually very blessed, Chloe, to be married to Dan because he is, he's always been so possessive of my time and attention in a really great way in that he's very protective of the time that we will spend together and he will make sure that we're spending that time together. So he was never the dad who would allow the kids to be infringing upon the time that we have set apart to spend together, whether it was just, you know, for years we we had Thursday evenings as date night and that didn't mean we were going out for sure. We couldn't afford to go out and couldn't afford the sitter, whatever, but it meant we were spending intentional time together and the kids grew up knowing that and respecting that. That was the night where they got SpaghettiOs for dinner and they got to watch a movie in their rooms or do something quiet and then go to bed, not bother mom and dad. And it became such an entrenched habit for all of us that it was such a blessing that I felt like it was such a wonderful example for the kids. But then also for us to just be setting that time apart. And it was never, you know, it never needed to be fancy. Sometimes we put more effort into it than other times. But a lot of times it was just you know, getting takeout and opening a bottle of wine, you know, watching a movie, playing a board game, whatever it is, just having that quiet time set apart together, that's at its most basic level. Um, And and Dan's always been great about insisting that we do that. When our youngest was 
four years old, Dan made plans for us to go away together without any of the kids. And that we had not done for years, you know, and I really struggled with it. It was hard for me to do that. But I can look back now and know that that was a blessing. In fact, I knew it on that very trip. It took us almost two days. You know, we were going to be gone four days. It took us almost half the time to feel like, oh, this is who we are, to peel off all those layers, right? Because that's that's what life becomes when you're busy with kids, you're busy with work, busy with everything going on in your household. Peeling off those layers is like so important to get back to who we are. Like, oh, hey, that's you. Hey, yeah. Remember we used to have fun together? Like reconnect in that way. So important to do. And honestly, I never would have chosen to do it because it was so hard for me to do. And so I'm, I'm so blessed and so grateful to Dan that it was important to him. And, and multiple times since that first trip, important to him to invest, you know, the time, the energy, finding out what to do with all of our kids while we were gone and then insisting that we do it. So always been a blessing like that, but now I'm finding it's easier for us to be alone. And um, it's it's really a wonderful opportunity for us to go deeper in our relationship. We, we pray together more than we ever did, and um, I just find that that's a wonderful – I find that we're more spiritually connected now that we're in a, a little bit of a quieter phase in our family life. And he's a bit more reflective as well, you know, not being as, as quite, you know, in the dog days of homeschooling, small kids, work, and all of that. We have more time to be reflective and, and be connected with each other. That's so incredible, too, to see him and his role and being on a team and advocating for your time alone. I know in seasons, we're just at the beginning of the season of, of parenting, and there's right? been a couple of times where Joseph has been been the one saying, no, Maeve, we'll be okay. It will be fine. Yeah. She will survive. It's okay. It's like, an, it's like two hours. It's fine. It's okay. I even, I remember the first day we came home from the hospital and after giving birth to Maeve and I, we, she, mm-hmm. I needed rest and she needed rest. And I laid her down in her crib and I took like two steps back and I just sat there and watched her. And Joseph's like, Oh my God, you need to, we need to go take a nap and you, it's okay. <laughs> She'll be fine. It's like, Oh, this is good. Like even like from the beginning, like, no, it's okay. She'll be yeah. okay. And we're still a couple because it's so easy. It's so tempting in the 10 months of having a baby here. I'm a mom. That's my first identity. Right. And even supersede. No, I'm a daughter of God. No, I am a wife. No, I, you know, all these different identities. It's so easy to have that one become the primary one and the only one that gets invested in. And so I just, what a beautiful witness for Dan to, to prioritize that and to encourage you in that prioritization too. Yeah. It's a wonderful role that a husband can play. So uh, definitely. And, and and I could have thought it, you know, I, I encourage women listening, like if, if your husband is nudging you in that direction, or maybe he's given up nudging because you haven't been responsive to it, you know, be responsive to it. Be, do the uncomfortable thing. It was so hard for me to go on that trip, and it doesn't have to be a trip. It might just be prioritizing your time in some other manageable way at your season of life right now. It was so hard for me to do that, and yet I really saw the blessings in that moment and have continued to see the blessings through the years of being responsive to Dan's masculine genius, right? The, the fact that he sees he, men have a different perspective than we do, and they can recognize priorities and help us to set ours as well. Danielle, you're in the season where you're, your youngest is 13, your oldest is 25, and so it's like you have you're still kind of straddling. You have kids at home still in the high school and then kids out and in college and past that. What's it like in terms of family time? Your your season with Dan is shifting and, that, and your, t- your time with him is shifting. But when you have 
kids kind of half in half out. What's that look like when it comes to the practical, what does it look like spending time together as a family in this season? Yeah, it can for sure be challenging. And when we try to plan a whole family event, I mean, well, I've got some kids who are out of state and it's just not possible, but for the ones who are able to be here, even it can be difficult to plan, but you know, thank goodness for our, our family text chat, because I will start early and say like, you know, this Sunday evening, um, we want to like, you know, watch a movie and play board games or whatever it is and begin the planning and make sure it's on everybody's schedule and that they are prioritizing it. So it, it takes a lot more coordination. It happens a lot less often than it did before. And I've needed to be okay with that. It's hard to let go of that, but needed to be okay with that. And just being insistent about it, you know, our, our young adult kids who are nearby, who are able to come, um, they, I'm so blessed that they, they value time together as a family and they will make the effort to be here and be a part of whatever it is we have going on if they're able to and their work schedules allow. But the, the challenging thing is with, you know, teenagers that are maybe high school age that may be less inclined to want to make family time a priority or that they'll be present and they'll be on their phone or whatever it is. Like, I think it's important to be a little bit insistent about that. And like, you are going to have your butt in this chair and you're going to be with us and you're going to have fun whether you like it or not. And um, you know what? I really find that they do. And um, the more that you are insistent about that and insistent that people are engaging, like putting phones away, setting that example yourself, um, I, I find that our, our family time is more is more fun and fruitful in that way. But not, not setting the bar too high is, is one thing that I would recommend to people because I know for years I, I struggled. When my kids were getting older and they were busy, like, I just wanted the perfect family time, right? And I wanted it all, co- all to go well. And you know what? Someone might get in a little argument over here, and that's not the end of the world. And someone might be there reluctantly, and you know what? You can push past that. Someone might not be able to be there because at the last minute they had to work or whatever else is going on. It's okay. You know, work with what you've got and um, don't let that perfect idea of family time be the enemy of the very good thing that you could be doing right now. Letting go of that expectation of this is what it's going to look like. I know for my family, we're in the season where I I live away from my hometown. I have a sister who lives out of state. And so even just like for, for us right now, we're in a season where the only time we're really going to be all together under one roof is the holidays. And so even mm-hmm. like being able to let go of expectations of those too, because those, that's such a tricky thing to maneuver where you have expectations of a, of a holiday and traditions. And then it looks different as we grow up and as kids get married mm-hmm. and spend time with in-laws and have to, you know, balance time between the two. That's that, again, like it's a season of surrender. Like this doesn't look like one, even as a, as a sibling to right. have sisters and who are not, who aren't there. And I expected them to be there and to be able to let go and be like, this is okay. This is good. This is still good. Right, right. Especially around the holidays. I find that everything's kind of charged up. Yes. You know, like, yes. This is how we do things. And <laughs> I shared a story in the book about Christmas traditions and how I was really struggling. Like we couldn't find my son's special ornament. And I was already struggling in so many ways, mm-hmm. you know, because this, this, our traditions look different. Our family looked different. And I was struggling to adjust to that and be okay with that. And then I was just devastated. We couldn't find my son's traditional ornament. And, and my, my big kids, you know, dived into that and just had fun with it and turned it into a humorous situation and we're just rolling with it like nobody was devastated about that except for me you know and and in, in that alone there's a lesson for me like 
it's okay. Like, it's okay that we, we shift and we change and some traditions we might hold on to, but some might look very different. And, you know, letting go of things that maybe aren't any longer meaningful for you as a family can be a hard thing to do for us as the moms. We're the keepers, right? We're the keepers. We're the keepers of the traditions. We're the keepers of the things, keepers of the memories and the important things. And it's a really valuable role we play. But part of being the keeper is deciding what you can and maybe should let go of as, as your family grows and changes. Yeah, this idea that this was good for us then. Like we were talking about, this is good. This was good then. This The fact that this is not a good fit now doesn't negate the fact that this was beautiful when we had it. And just being able to, to let that go, it's hard. It's hard. Right. So hard. Yeah. So I know there are listeners who are in the same season as you are with kind of letting kids go and, and seeing and sending them off. And then there are moms who are in the beginning seasons of motherhood. And I love this line that you recalled someone telling you in the book that the days are long, but the years are short. And it's so true. Um, <laughs> it's so true. For moms who are listening who are still, they might be years away from their kids applying to jobs or for their kids getting a college application. How can they embrace the present moment and the beautiful simplicity of now? And how can being present in the moment now really equip them for when this season does come into their life? I mean, I think that's that's the big challenge, right? And and for any young moms who are listening who are struggling through that, like, you know, when people are telling you that it's all going to go by in the blink of an eye, like, I know it sounds like they're all lying to you because <laughs> yeah, right. it's so hard. It's so true that the days are long. And I remember some really long days and some really long seasons inside of our family life where I just felt like we would never get to the other side of it. And it's okay to feel that. And um, but, you know, that the, the years are short is equally true. So being cognizant of that, I think, is so important um, in your young family life, just trusting in that, trusting that that's true, trusting in, um, you know, the experience of those who've gone before you that you will get through to the other side. It is going to work itself out. Um, you will adjust. You will grow up as a mom, even as your kids are growing up as kids, that there are ways that God is forming you and shaping you inside of that young family life right now that are going to be very hard. And some of it's really hard. and Some of it really is a sacrifice. So I want to encourage young moms to, first of all, don't feel guilty about the fact that it's hard for you. Don't feel guilty if it's not all a joy and you're not focused on enjoying every minute of it. Because I think sometimes this this advice to, you know, really be fully present and appreciate what is right now can lay a burden of guilt on, on young moms especially, but on anybody, right? Because not all of it is a joy. Some of it is super messy and hurts, and it requires a lot of sacrifice and it can be a very hard thing to get through, and it's okay to admit that you're not you're not loving it at a certain point, and um, that's all right. And it's okay to admit that it's a challenge for you, but that doesn't mean you know on the whole of it you're not grateful for what God has placed in your lap, for what God has given you. You're not grateful for your family life, grateful for your children, your marriage, and all of these blessings. But you know, don't feel guilty if you are struggling to you know find every moment blissful because that's not really God's plan. God's plan is for you to work it out, work work out your, your salvation, your call to holiness together with your husband and children inside of a very messy path toward heaven. And there are going to be some really difficult times inside of that. That's such a good reminder, especially for moms who motherhood doesn't look like what they expected it to be, whether I know, especially for women who infertility or miscarriages in their history or is part of their story to be in those hard mm -hmm. seasons of motherhood if, if those seasons are where they're in right now. And I remember when 
Maeve was super little and not sleeping through the night at all, which she's still not sleeping through the night. So it's still a season that we're in, but just thinking (laughs) I should be happy. This is what I wanted. Like I would have given anything for this a year ago. Why am I so like, why is this so hard? And so just being, being, recognizing that, no, it's okay. You you don't have to feel guilty for recognizing the hardness of this. And yeah. And and the thing that I love about that days are long, years are short is that it acknowledges both because it is like, Mm -hmm. I love the, the women who stopped me in church and are like, oh my gosh, Maeve has grown up so much. She's like twice as big as she was last week. It's like, that's easy for you to say. You haven't. (laughs) We had a hard week where she was so good in church. I don't think you saw the jungle gym that I became like as a human person to entertain me. But I just love it because it acknowledges the both. It's hard and good at the same time. Right, right. Both are true. And it's okay to acknowledge that. And um, if you're in a season of struggle, it can be hard to have people telling you what a blessing everything is, mm-hmm. right? And so so know that it's normal to feel that way. And um, it's also normal to be looking back and saying, oh my gosh, how did that all go by so fast? And um, be, feel a little bit wistful and nostalgic about that. That's a very normal part of the, the process as well. Yeah, that both and, both and. So we're just scratching the surface of this the, this book and the beautiful resource it is for mothers if in all seasons. Can you tell listeners where they can find a copy of your brand new book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go? Sure. It's available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, but it's published by Ave Maria Press. So you can go to AveMariaPress.com. If you're interested in just reading a sample chapter, the first chapter is available there at AveMariaPress.com. You can check it out. The question that I always ask people to round out the, the conversation on the podcast and a question you're very familiar with as a, as a regular guest, Danielle, can you speak into how you embrace the feminine genius in this season of parenting when you're seeing your nest empty? Yeah. Um, well, it's the the challenge for me right now is to figure out the places where God is calling me to use my feminine gifts right now, and to be uh, open to the idea that they might if those places might look very different from the places where I've used them in the past, and learning how to be a good mother to my young adult children, my teenage children, um, is is a a process for me. And it involves a lot of letting go, but I find that my children still need me, but it's in different ways. And um, sometimes it's just as intensely as when they were newborns, but it's sporadic, you know? It'll be the phone call you get in the middle of the night or all of a sudden a desperate thing's going on. And I'm finding more and more that God is calling me to mother my children in spiritual ways that maybe they won't even know about until the next life, that I am finding that I have more time to pray for them. Over the years, I've prayed for my children, of course, but I'm finding I'm having more time to really focus on, you know, really intentional prayer for them and for their intentions and for the ways that I see God working in their lives. So just being open to what God's plan is for the for the people that God wants me to nurture with my feminine gifts. Some of them will be my own biological children, um, but some of them uh, likely will not be. So I'm, I'm looking forward to what the future holds for um, what, where God is calling me to use my feminine gifts in the future. But I'm also very, very present and um, being aware right now that I am still a mom in multiple ways and ways that are shifting and changing all the time, but um, wanting to be open to the new ways that God's calling me to that. Danielle, thanks so much for sharing your story on today's podcast and and coming on and having just a beautiful conversation. I've learned so much from you about physical maternity and spiritual maternity. And so it's always just such a joy to have you on and continue to, to learn and have good conversations with you. 
Oh, thank you so much, Chloe. I always love our conversations. I feel like you're you're my daughter, you know. Oh. So it's like uh, across generations, you know. And um, I've I've loved all that you're sharing about your journey right now. So I really enjoy the times when we get to chat like this. Thanks for listening to this episode of Letters to Women. If you head over to my website, oldfashionedgirlblog.com, you can check out the show notes for a letter to the woman with an emptying nest. There you'll find links to Danielle's podcast, Girlfriends, her TV show, The Gist, CatholicMom.com, a couple of other episodes in the archives that she's appeared on Letters to Women, and links to her brand new book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go. Are you subscribed to Letters to Women? If you're not, you should subscribe today because you don't want to miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. We're going to be talking about comparison. We're going to be talking about fruitfulness and fertility in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you're subscribed. And if you have a few minutes, rate and review the podcast so women, other women can find it as well. That is all I have for this week's episode. Stay safe and healthy, friends. I know I'm recording this in the middle of everything coronavirus-related. Um, And know that I'm praying for you and your families and your loved ones and dear friends as we, as we wait this out and, and know that God works all things to good for those who love him. So know of my prayers and most importantly, be not afraid.